Today's theme is what to do when your Moses dies. In the passage that I'm going to be reading, you will hear the words, be strong and courageous. In your mind, I want you to count how many times that is repeated. But just a second, when someone just tells you, be strong and courageous, how do you feel? It's like, buck up, chippy. Be strong and courageous. But I also want you to hear the words within this reading that God is with us. God is with Joshua. We do not have to be strong and courageous without all the resources of God. The Bible reading is from Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 to 11. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I am giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set foot, you will be on land I have given you, from the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. Hear this. For I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instructions continually. Meditate on it day and night, so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Joshua then commanded the officers of Israel... Go through the camp and tell the people to get their provisions ready. In three days, you will cross the Jordan River and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you. Yes. We are now going to listen to a video from Pastor Stephen. Well, hello. Great to be able to share with you God's word today. Uh, as a disabled person, I uh, find giving messages in person really difficult. So I really appreciate uh, being able to share God's word with you through this accessible format of video. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much.
maybe you've heard the idiom, watershed moment. When you think about it, it's a really strange term, watershed. How do you get water and put it in a shed? It doesn't seem to make sense. It seems to be a uh, confusion of a German phrase, Wasserscheider, meaning water divide, water divorce. And the idea is this, that uh, there's a mountain and rain is falling, massive amount of rain is falling on this mountain. What's going to happen to the torrent of water? It could go one of many ways. It could go down this side of the mountain and flood and destroy your village, or it could go down the other side and your village is spared. Wasserscheider, watershed and watershed moment. This is the point of where everything can change. It's a pivot point, a tipping point, a point of no return. The exact moment when life changes forever as we know it, a dividing point from which things will never be the same. A watershed moment can come in many ways. And one way is in the passing of someone, the death of someone. Often it can be the case, the death of someone well-known, a larger-than-life character who's made a great difference in your life. It could be anyone from Eddie Van Halen to Kurt Cobain to Amy Winehouse. It could be an actor like Carrie Fisher or Robin Williams or a royal personality, Princess Diana or Queen Elizabeth. Psychology calls these parasocial relationships. And this is a legitimate thing. Just because that someone is someone that you have never personally known, it doesn't mean that their death can't leave you feeling shocked and stunned, saddened and profoundly changed. Then there is the passing of people who mean a great deal in our lives who we're very close to. Just this last January, my Auntie Valmay passed away. She was the last of my mother's generation, the last of her family line. She had, uh, in her 50s, uh, kidney disease. She had an immune disorder, and everybody thought she would be the first person to go, uh, to go to heaven, to die, to pass away. Um, but she was a fighter. She fought her whole life, and she outlived everyone. She was that person that I always thought would be there in my life. They just seemed like they would always be present. But she passed away. And that's left a vacuum, an emptiness. A, uh, it's a watershed in the life of my family. Something that forever will be changed. She's with the Lord, but there's an emptiness, a change. A watershed. In the reading you just heard, this is a watershed moment in the life of God's people. Moses has died. He was 120 years old. He'd been Israel's leader for 40 years, the only leader they had ever known. He had powerfully led them to freedom out of the clutches of the Pharaoh in Egypt. He was the guy that had confronted the most powerful leader on earth. He had used those powerful words, God says, let my people 
go. He was the one who ascended Mount Sinai, saw God in person and lived to tell the tale. He was the one who gave the commandments to God's people. He was the one who established their worship. He was a living legend. And now he's gone. This is one of the biggest watershed moments in the Old Testament. Today's message is titled, What to do when Moses dies? Or your Moses dies. Because I'm guessing you probably don't know someone called Moses personally. But maybe you've lost an important leader at your church or at your organisation. Maybe you've lost a big personality in your life who's meant a great deal to you. Maybe like Joshua, you are the newly elected leader, the elected leader of your tribe, and you now have to have the baton passed to you and carry that burden. Or maybe you're on the precipice of some massive life changes. You're unsure of what lies ahead for you, for yourself or for your family, and the fears, the doubts, the worries are creeping in. Wherever you find yourself, this morning, let's lean into Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 to 9, and hear what God might be saying to us as we face the challenges of the year ahead. Let's pray. O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts, the stirrings, the murmurs, the move of your spirit, may that be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Okay, what to do when your Moses dies. Firstly, don't avoid the new reality even if it's hard. You know, the first person to speak in the book of Joshua is God himself. And what are the very first words God says? Moses, my servant, is dead. Boom. Too soon, God, too soon. But no, there's no mincing of words. God doesn't water this down. He doesn't water down the reality. He doesn't make it soft and cuddly. It is blunt. And this seems incredibly blunt for Joshua. Moses had been everything to the people of Israel. But for Joshua, he had known Moses personally. He'd been Moses' aide. He had walked alongside him. He had walked alongside him up to Mount Sinai. He'd been his support. He'd been his military leader. He'd seen Moses' character and personality, his decisiveness, his response to critical situations. He had witnessed Moses' relationship with God firsthand. And now, Moses isn't there anymore. The people had a new leader, and he was a different person. Someone knew that they would have to accept. The relationship was now different. This was a change that they would have to accept, and that Joshua would have to accept too. You see, Moses had been the great intercessor. He had been the great organizer, the prophet. And Joshua, he wasn't these things. Joshua was different. But he was what the people needed now. 
a strategist, a HR specialist, a military leader, and he had been called by God to be there. It's interesting, isn't it, when a pastor or community leader leaves that community, and often when they leave, a bunch of people leave with them. A new pastor comes, and the people are like, we like the old guy. And so they leave. A new principal comes to a school. Well, we like the way the old principal did things. And so they leave. It's a common occurrence. And now there is always a case. There's often a good case for people to leave a community. Sometimes it's circumstance, sometimes it's things to do with their family, sometimes it's God calling them away. But maybe in this era of individualism, of loyalty to me first, maybe God's word has something to say to us, to all of us in this reading. Toughen up, princess. This isn't the leader you want, It's the leader you need. Think about it. Think about how that might relate to you. You know, the war generation from World War II, like my auntie Val, the people of that generation, one of their hallmarks was loyalty. And sometimes I wonder what will be the hallmarks of my generation. Okay, point number two, What to do when Moses dies? Take courage as you hold on to God's promises. God had made promises to his people and to Moses. And even with a new leader, those promises still stand. If you are a new leader, I want you to hear these words. If you are following a new leader, hear these words as well. God promises to provide. In verse 3, I promise you what I promised Moses, wherever you set foot, you will be on the land I have given you. God renews his covenant promise with his people. He reaffirms his commitment. He restates his provision of the land for them to inhabit. God promises to provide. God also promises his protection. In verse five, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. Now I hate to go all sci-fi or video game metaphor on you, but God says that you have a force field. And unlike the force field in the video game Phoenix or in Halo or on the Starship Enterprise, your force field doesn't run out of energy. You don't have to buy a new weapons pack. You don't have to get a new power up. Mr. Chekhov, shields up and keep them up. You can boldly go even into a tricky and difficult situation because God says he's got your back. He's got you covered. God promises his presence. I will be with you just as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. God's presence is powerful in the lives of his people, in the lives of his leaders, in the lives of their followers. That presence that uh, parted the sea 
to uh, help them in their escape from Egypt. That presence of the light, the pillar of fire leading them through dark places, the pillar of cloud leading them and shielding them as they went through the wilderness. That uh, promise of his presence, his presence that forgives sin, that makes holy, that gives direction and purpose. So for you listening here today, for those of you who lead, for those of you who follow, what is God's promise of provision for you today? What's God's promise of protection for you today? And how does that relate to you? What is God's promise of his presence for you today? Think about it. Meditate on it. And that kind of leads in to the last thing to do when your Moses dies. Use God's tools for leadership and Followship. Yes, teachers, you heard that correctly. I created a new word. It's followship. Being a follower. Three times in today's reading, we hear the words, be strong and courageous. Three times. It's very Trinitarian. Why the repetition? This was a word that was meant to be meditated on. We read, keep this book of the law always on your lips, meditate on it day and night. If you know anything about me, you know that I'm a proponent of Christian meditation. It's my jam, it's my thing. Uh, I've developed a whole program around it. It's free, it's up on YouTube. You can find out about it more just by searching, putting my name into YouTube and go from there. Why do I do it? What is, what's the point? I'll tell you the point. We read on. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. I find this command fascinating. Meditate on God's word so that you can do the thing so that you can do the work, you can do the job. The word for meditation in Hebrew is one of my favorite Hebrew words, hagar, hagar, hagar. It's almost an alliteration and you can hear the idea behind it, to murmur, to whisper under the breath, to match your breath to the word of God. Hagar, hagar, hagar. It's God's word repeated in your life, reflected on, and God's Word speaking to you regularly. And it's easy to do. It's cheap. It's free. My favorite price, free. You can simply go to the LCA Daily Devotions page every day. Writers like uh, Sonia Holm uh, write great devotions in there based on God's Word. And sometimes I do as well. Go use the Holy Bible app on your phone and read the verse of the day. I've done this every day for two years with a good friend of mine, um, Percy Henry, who's battling cancer. Every day for two years. And it's been profound. As we reflect on God's word, it speaks into our lives and then we simply pray about it. Why do we do this? Why is it important? 
it flows through into all of our lives. It flows through into our life. And the result, you'll be prosperous and successful. Now you might not have a million homes and a Ferrari. That's not the kind of prosperous we're talking about. We're talking about being prosperous in your relationships, being prosperous in your school, being prosperous in your church, being able to grow and grow people and grow yourself leading up to eternity. That's true prosperity. So my friends, use the tools of leadership and fellowship. Use those tools and his strength and his boldness will follow. Now, can we do all of this in our own strength? No can do. The beauty is we have the Holy Spirit. And so as I pray now, I pray that the Holy Spirit will fill you with boldness and strength so that you can go forward into your world, build relationships, bring people to Jesus, touch them, heal them, help them. Let's pray. Almighty God, we thank you for the powerful way that you spoke to Joshua and to the people. Lord, we thank you for our leaders. Lord, many of us, in fact, all of us are leaders in one way or another. Lord, give us boldness to lead. Lord, give us boldness to follow. Help us to be good followers, loyal followers, followers who stick with the plan, followers who support and help our leaders. Lord, for many of us returning to school, be with us, bless us, lead us in that community. Help us to be bold and to be strong. We pray all this in Jesus' name. And the people said, Amen.